Oh my God, we're back. CFCP, Crap Football, Crap Pundit. I love the name. I want it to go. I have a guest. We have new things. We're bringing it back to life. We're not talking about COVID because COVID is, I'm going to say it, COVID is gay. It's making everybody gay. It's in the water. And uh, we have a new season, a new thing, a new life. We have Mike Salerno with me. I can't do it alone anymore. Mike Salerno, famously of tops, famously racist, famously a lover of the American flag, where I am a left-wing communist who flies the French flag as much as possible, even though I don't care. So we're here. We're back. We're still trying to figure out the name. Uh, and I'm going to let Mike introduce himself and tell us what he does, why he does it, and why we shouldn't listen to him. <laughs> Well, thank you for that, Laurent. I appreciate it. Uh, what's better than one crap football pundit is two, right? So two, two, two crap pundits. Oh my god! We're, we're joining forces in our in our crapness and <laughs> trying to figure out a way to navigate our our lives through the next Premier League season and beyond, hopefully. But uh, yeah, I by trade go as a big Tottenham Hotspur supporter. Uh, what I do for a living is drink in the mornings. As a function of that. Uh, and it's one of those things where, uh, you know, you just kind of take them as they come. So we're going to pop this thing off. We are very bad at it. Laurent's got a little bit more experience than I do. as you <laughs> Yes, a little. Okay. <laughs> but let's, let's, let's sort of go back to, let's, let's sort of set the stage, right? We, the last time I potted, I was literally with my sister on here and we talked about, uh, colostomy bags and laughed like brothers and sisters do, but we're not doing that right now. Cause that was pandemic time. Uh, I went through a period of darkness, uh, as you're one to do. I've gone on meds, off meds, and back on again. Um, but the season did end. So the season got stopped. It got restarted. I didn't pod. It just kept going. Uh, Liverpool were presumptive champions. Nothing really that interesting finished that well. I mean, we can say goodbye to a couple of our friends. We lost Eddie Howe's Bournemouth. We lost uh, Norwich and their, and their orange and their yellow kits. And I don't even remember who the other team was that we lost. <laughs> Bournemouth. Watford? Watford. And Watford. Watford. Troy Deeney and his cojones left the world because they had seven managers. Uh, right. They did mail it in pretty badly and played really bad. But the most important thing about that uh, relegation battle is that super handsome and super Jack Grealish is still around. So my man crush continues. Uh, teams up in the league. It finished up. We had that. Then we had the Champions League, which City – completely shit the bet on we're not covering that right now that was terrible we were bad liverpool were already out they were part of a super spreader event in in, in liverpool that that game probably killed 500 people which which is appropriate because they're scousers and they deserve to die um uh what else happened Bayern Munich won the Champions League against some team i don't even remember Bayern Munich scored eight goals on Barcelona that happened that happened, and that sort of is the next step. The next step. Then we had a summer of of Will Messi leave Barcelona. So we kind of had that. There's been a little bit of transferring. I'm not really even up on the transfer window. Uh, I know we can probably cover teams more readily as we go through the season. We'll probably talk about different stuff. But I think we should just sort of get right into, you know, where we are. Let's start with the champions, Liverpool. You know, you and I are not lovers of Liverpool. <laughs> so you're going to get a very biased opinion about the Reds. And I think they're great. I get it. I don't think they're as great as they think they are. 
Um, I watch them all the time. I can't tell you the number of times where I just go, can they not get so fucking lucky? And it's, it's a combination of luck on the field, the way the ball bounces. They haven't had an injury to a key player in at least two years. I can't understand it. They have had 11 players play on that team. That's it, right? You've got a little bit of attacking talent off the bench. They're not – I mean, they've got depth. I'm not saying that they're not – you know, there's yeah. nothing – the top players that are clearly some of the best players in the league. But if they were ever tested deep to the point where City was last year, sure as hell Tottenham was the last two years, Arsenal consistently – I really wonder how that ball would bounce. Now, would- to, be, to be fair, the first seven games of the season, they lost their goalkeeper. Probably the, the least oh, Allison, that's right. important thing. But, but I mean, you've got important. Mane, you've got Salah, you've got Firmino, you've got, you know what? And to be fair as well, Henderson did miss the, the latter end of the season, but the game, it was already in the bag. Right? Well, but uh, it's Van Dyke. If they lose Van Dyke, they're done. Sure. Yep. Right? So right. they haven't lost Van Dyke. He literally, since Klopp, since he came to Liverpool with Klopp, I don't think he's missed an hour. Like, right. he plays every game nonstop. And good for him. Like, the thing is, it's just like, they are, even let's get nerdy, they're outperforming what you would expect them to do. Yeah. Right? So the reason, why, the reason why City, and I'll go to City right away, is the reason why the gap was so big was City underperformed what you'd expect to do by a lot. Right. And Liverpool overperformed what you'd expect to do. Yeah by a lot now and that's, that's kind of true it's just like i just didn't understand it like city has like a a goal differential that's 10 goals bigger than liverpool but they have a 20 point difference this is not sustainable right, anyway. because i think that the you know it sounds cliche but what liverpool has had realistically the last two years because they were breathing down city's necks two years ago and of course the champions league champions league run yeah believe me we both we both got the shit into the stick on that one that killer instinct essentially right but again the expected goals if you want to continue down that nerddom hole it doesn't say that liverpool is far and away the best team in the league in fact it says city's better really yes. but city is literally the the game is fun every year all the time of course but that's so that's not where the game is played there's certainly a lot more to football than just I, the I, I don't want to go too crazy but my hot take is no anfield no champions no chance the fans, no, I would agree with that. The fans at Anfield are what drive Liverpool to the magical nights at Anfield. Without that yes. stadium, without that push, without that, you never walk alone. Without that, they're just there's no way they can elevate. I really well, believe that, that brings a, a good follow-up question. Then um, they hadn't won the Premier League ever, or is it just in thirty? I don't know exactly, right? But they, they had were, never won the Premier League. Had never won the Premier League, right? And it, it had been thirty years since they had won any type of league title. Fine. My thing is, you did it. Congratulations, have your trophy. But now you've got you're literally two years in a row with the Champions League winners and Premier League winners going into this season. Again, remind tough. you that there was there was all of that. I always called it voodoo clot magic, like he sold his soul to the devil three years ago. It's fucking awesome. Without the, the hunger, is it still there, right? What if things start going a little bit wrong? One player gets hurt, and it doesn't have to be Van Dyke. It could be Firmino. It could be Salah, like whoever. In fact, Salah, for the first half of last year, he sucked. He was terrible. You know, right? what, the, the, you know what the analogy is for me? They, and I don't know how well you know this, is they were the 2014 Spurs who lost uh, to Miami on the last shot, on the Ray Allen shot, and came back insane 
and right. destroyed the league and then destroyed the Heat and made them leave the made LeBron leave. They were so good, but they lost in like the most heartbreaking fashion that they picked it up, they went again, but now having slayed the demon, I, do they have the drive to kick on? Exactly. I, I can't imagine they have the mental strength. Anyway, do we want to talk about our Lord and Savior, Christian Pulisic, and what's gone on at Chelsea? Uh, another team I loathe. I hope they, they get cancer. Um, <laughs> I, I would prefer polio because it's more polio? Of a... Oh, because they're anti-vaxxers, of course. That's right. Uh, that's right. Because <laughs> pol polio is coming back. I guess, I mean, from the American's perspective, we had a great year with Pulisic. He, he finally showed what Americans think he is for the first time, really. But he also showed what always happens to him. This is a guy who's like 5'6 and 140 pounds. Anytime he gets hit, he gets hurt. So yeah, I, wonder, I wonder whether he'll ever be a week-in, week-out player at his size the way he plays. It's going to be difficult for him to do that. Speed, you know, all that. I mean, he got hurt on a shot. Right. It's going to be difficult for him to do that at Chelsea, right? Because why? Even you, you could be Eden Hazard. You walk out the door for 10 minutes, they're going to have somebody really, really good right in that place. Better if than you. Palace, better than you, right. If he's at Crystal Palace, if he's at Burnley or something like that, he's a club legend already, and he's not even, what, 23 years old. He's, now you've got Chelsea. We're looking just what they <laughs> 21? Exactly. Fine. But so, so that's, that's kind of where I look at Chelsea, and I, and I go – well, you've got Kai Havertz, you've got Timo Werner, you've got um, Ziyech. Oh, by the way, you have Mason Mount, Pulisic, Hudson Odoi, Loftus Cheek. So next, all these players. And this is what I was just saying to you before: is that I'm not so sure that Chelsea got any better this offseason. No, they didn't. About a hundred million more, more than that, in a pandemic. Let's be clear, but only making their strengths stronger. They didn't do anything. But but it, but, but the to to. To be fair about that, right? Like, that is basically all the Hazard money. So if people don't know, sure. Chelsea had the Hazard. They sold him for $170 million. All that money they just spent is just Hazard money. Oh, and, and let's be clear. Money doesn't mean anything to them anyway. I'm not saying that they, they spent all this money and they can't spend more. They, they have that affliction of cash. They can always spend more if they have to. My point is they didn't go out into key areas and, right. and, and solidify their Jorginho, you know, everybody about Conte is so in love with the idea of Golden Conte. They were trying to sell him uh, for sort of pennies on the dollar to anybody who would listen. What does that tell you about the state of their actual holding? It says that they're racist. Like they've got Tiago Silva. It's racism. They don't like all their black players, especially little right? African ones with about. sharpened teeth. But I just I wonder what they're really going to look like in their like in their six to eight positions. Uh, in their, their entire back line. Ben Chilwell is your classic fullback who's just going to bomb forward and throw crosses into the box. He's going to be a great signing for them, but he's not going to help the problems that they already have, right? Well, I mean, they're not ready. To, they're not better than City, and they're not better than Liverpool. I would agree, and I would argue United will kind of get that. And I, don't, I honestly don't think, I don't think that, that Frank Lampard's a good coach. I think the jury's got to be still out on him. He did. I think he's the biggest – Feather in his cap is bringing leads to – I'm sorry, uh, not leads. Uh, who was it last year they brought – Derby. Derby, yes. So that that whole run two years last, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so that was good – that was certainly good coaching. But, I mean, I would, I would caution that we wouldn't go anywhere definitively one way or another on Lampard yet. But 
I just don't see how the director of recruitment in football there, like, how do you not see the obvious holes? The it's only a ch- it's, it's a woman. It's a Russian Going chick. into this season Boutinia. is overs on Chelsea games. Just yeah. slamming, right? Because they're going to score four goals and they're going to give up five. Okay, so so we've got like almost got our top three, right? We talked talked about Liverpool. They're in yeah. the top one or two. City are just reloading. They didn't get messy. Oh, oh too bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. There's like a whole other thing. Uh, and then you've got like our little group, our grouping here of like Manchester United and then and then North London, right? For right. your team and Arsenal. Um, United, I, they didn't improve from last year. They think they did, but they didn't. They are right. 66 points and got 66 points again. They beat they, The feather in their cap is that they beat City three times. Um, they can play on a counter, but I think their challenge is always going to be when they play teams that that they need to break down. They do have players to do that now with with Fernandez, but I think they actually ran their crew, their team into the ground in some sense. That's why they struggled so much for that top four. They have a depth problem and they still have a depth problem. Uh, they had a couple guys, but we'll see where they end up. I actually liked, I like Greenwood. They had that youth thing. It matters. I think that kind of stuff, like you've seen it with Spurs in the, a couple of years ago, two, three years ago, when you bring your own guys in, there's a cohesion that makes a difference. But the key piece is like, Getting to 90% of being a champion costs uh, X. And the final 10% you need to win the league costs 10X, even though it's yes. only 10% difference, right? right. It's, it's the famous, yes, United got as far as they did. It was Cantona that took them over the top. Yes, uh, Arsenal were where they were. Would they have gotten there without Thierry Henry or, you know, or City? They were where they were, but they needed – four different guys to really push them. They needed Yaya, Silva, Aguero. And that doesn't even, and that doesn't even count the multitudes of dudes that were busts like city had so many dudes, but it ended up being those four, but they rolled the dice on like five or six different guys. Yeah. And like we already said, it was Liverpool with Van Dyke as well. Right. He was Van Dyke and Allison. Boom. Well, yes, Allison as well. Allison is huge. I'm actually more bullish on United, and I'll tell you why. I think watching them after the restart with Bruno in the fold, the difference is not so much Bruno and diving for penalties literally every 40 seconds. It was that they unlocked Pogba. They brought him back into the fold. He was as good as dead to them, right? So now he comes back. I fucking hate that dude. I, I get it. I don't like him either, but that's the problem is that he's given us a hell of a reason to dislike him. He's really fucking good at what he does. Right. So if you unlock Pogba and you finally have the full quality of him in the midfield alongside with Bruno Fernandez, you've got Greenwood wide. Martial looks like all of a sudden that guy can't miss. What's good in there? So you've got him, you've got Rashford. Similar to Chelsea, I guess, in the sense that you've got oodles of attacking talent and you've got a lot of questions at the yeah, back. But who are the guys behind those guys? There's not a guy. There's nobody. What do you mean? Like the, the, the they have they signed like Igalo from the fucking coronavirus heap in China. Oh, oh, no, I, I think, I think, you know, bringing in guys at Greenwood, you know, I'm not yeah. worried. About but I mean, it. it's like, it's like Fernandez goes down. They don't have a creative midfielder. to. Here's a good people. signing for you that they made Donnie Vandebeek from Ajax. Yeah. Yeah. But, but he's a, I think he, I think he's a worker type. Sure. But even still, what I'm, my point remains that I, I think that the depth of attacking talent is not their question. It's Harry Maguire's forehead. And if it gets us in his own way, right? God, those guys, those two. Yeah. But the, the thing about is that no, they don't, they, they're good. Right. I, I think the issue is more that their fullbacks don't contribute offensively. Wambasaka should probably play center back. 
because he can't sure. do anything. No, I get that. Um, and, and, Shaw, and so Lindelof. I like Shaw a lot, but if you're going to put Lindelof as one of your starting center backs, you're that probably, dude, he needs to be better. You're not in a good shape, right? He's too I, small and he's not good. He's just, he's petite, you know? Yeah. Just, I, uh, I think that I'm bullish nonetheless on United, though, because again, it's, it's a combination of I think Liverpool is going to have a letdown and they're not going to get as lucky and maybe they get an injury or two. I see Liverpool coming in third and I think United is, is City's biggest challenger. City are so angry. <laughs> oh, no, no. City's going to win the league by 4,000 points. <laughs> They're so pissed off. <laughs> but, yeah, they are furious. But I think United poses a real threat. Okay, to the- and now, and now, so, 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 so between Spurs and Arsenal, I know you're biased and I get it. I, I'm, I'm more, I, here's, what, here's how I would say it. If I were, I think talent-wise, they're close. Right, they're not really that different from each other. Okay. Is is Spurs really that much better than Arsenal? Uh, you know what? I was about to insult Arsenal's back line, and then I started thinking about Spurs. So, yeah, okay. We're I think from the defensive side, we're better, but still bad. But Arsenal, but but Arsenal's midfield is better than yours. Like it, it's close. It right? is fine. It's close. Fine. Yeah. All things being even, I'd rather have Arteta than Mourinho. I tell you, it's been almost a full year now, and I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. It tastes a little bit like there's rat poison in it. I can't tell yet, but <laughs> my goodness, I'm coming along. We've been watching – I don't know if you've been watching the All or Nothing Amazon. No, I, I haven't watched it yet. It's really, really good because it doesn't – in so much as, yes, it's about Tottenham Hotspur, and I, I, I lived through that. I hated what happened last year. I don't want to watch it again, but I, I went through it, and it tells personal stories about – for Tongan, about Mourinho, about Erickson and his saga. Uh, I cried in the first episode watching Pochettino get fired. <laughs> again, we're, so, we're, cri- again. we're criers, everyone. We're criers. We're, we're big, big criers. So, uh, you know, <laughs> Jeff Tanganga comes through the team. He's talking about how he still lives with his mom and dad two miles from the stadium. And I'm oh. and I'm like, oh, my God, this is wonderful. What it <laughs> is, and I'm, I, this is the only locker room I get an insight into. So, fine. Yeah. But I get the feeling that Mourinho, something has changed with him. He, uh, he, he can't just sit there and play his counterattacking style and park the bus and just be the villain and the asshole that everybody loves to hate. He's actually trying to win people over. He's actually trying to play attacking football because he's a smart guy. He knows what he has in front of him, right? In those old-style Chelsea teams, he, he actually built the team specifically to play like that. But now yeah. he inherited a team that is an attacking style from Pochettino for five years. And I really think that he's continuing to go with it and just making tweaks and changes where he sees. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I just don't think they have, I, I, I just don't think they have, it's right yet. And I, and I know, I, I mean, I think philosophically Mourinho is a person who doesn't like mistakes. It bothers him because it, it means he's losing control. And so if you have that personality, you will play not to make mistakes and you'll imbue not making mistakes into your team and that's how they'll play. And if you play that way and you're not on the front foot because you're afraid to make a pass and you're just waiting for mistakes, one, you have to capitalize and you have to have passers that can make that pass. And I think the problem, and you know this better than I do, is that first action after the players get the ball, does that ball go forward? The answer invariably is no. <laughs> yeah. and that's the big problem right Erickson could see that pass now 
at, at one point, and then he couldn't, right? Who on the team sees that pass? That's the problem. The, the, the scariest thing about Spurs, and this is not a compliment, is that the best passer might actually be their striker, Harry Kane. He like, should play deeper, yes. He should probably be their 10. Yes. Right? You have Sonny and all the speed on yeah. the wings with Lucas and Bergvine. And older, it's almost like he's going to become that room. He should start sliding back, yes. Yes. So Agreed. I'm, I'm, I don't know. He's I, don't, never, I don't think that anyone has the guts to anyway. do that, but they should. That's the same thing that Bergkamp did with Henri. He moved back. Right. Right. So, so when it comes to when you're looking at that fourth spot, to be honest, I, I still have Chelsea ahead of both of them. So there's that. But additionally, I, I think that they're not the only dogs in this fight. I think – What, Wolves? Is Wolves, good. despite losing Matt Doherty, which don't underestimate that. That's going to be – he's good. And a big boon for Tottenham, I think. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, a, a one, one fullback. Trust me. I know. When you get yeah, when yeah. we got Cal Walker, all of a sudden there was no counterattacks. It was over. It was just, oh. Right. Oh, he's so there. I I don't I don't know how much that loss is going to be felt. Um, I, I also wonder who else is around. Is Everton finally sort of figuring it out? They, no. They a lot of no. money under under Carlo Ancelotti though. No. They they brought in Alan. They brought in James Rodriguez. That's the most non-Everton signing you can no. think. Of, probably still too slow in the midfield. No, I agree, but I, I wonder if they can pose a challenge to that Europa League spot, shall we Shit, say. Shit, they're not better than fucking Sheffield. Well, and that's the other thing. <laughs> Sheffield lost Dean Henderson back to United, and I think that Dean Henderson was a, a good chunk of their value. I have a, I have a feeling their defense will – they'll be fine. It's like, it's like goalkeepers in Burnley. They're just good. It doesn't matter who they right. are. Right. No, that's, that's fair. And Burnley's another one that top half of the table from last year. So Yeah, I, I mean, there's a, lot, there's a lot of interesting teams. But I think the most interesting team coming up is, uh, is Leeds. If people okay. don't know, Leeds are an old-school team. They've been, they went bankrupt, I think, three times. <laughs> <laughs> because they, what they were doing was they were spending the money to get into the Champions League before they got in. And then one year they didn't make it, and it was over. <laughs> Because uh, and but what they have is they have one of the most famous coaches in the world, Marcelo Bielsa, famous for coaching Argentina, famous for coaching Newell's Old Boys in Argentina, but more famous in in Europe for coaching uh, Athletic Bilbao most of the time. And he's just like a soccer's weird, where great coaches don't always win because they're iconoclasts. They don't they play for the love. They don't play necessary for results. They're not political or they're political in that they don't care. Uh, Bielsa famously made his players pick up garbage for an hour so he could know, so they could understand the hourly wage of the fans who go to the games. <laughs> he's great. Yeah. He's great. He's, he doesn't speak he's, English. He's one. He's not going to be your favorite though. No, no. First of all, he discovered Mauricio Pochettino. That man is a saint around my part. <laughs> But so, no, I think that, that a historical team with a historical coach uh, coming to the Premier League. Uh, that's one of the best stories, honestly, of the season. Uh, we, like we said, we said goodbye to a couple teams. Other teams coming back are West Brom bleh, and uh, Fulham. Fulham, for Americans' perspective, is nice. Craven Cottage, but they're not exciting. I was hoping for Brentford, uh, but that's okay. And then you know, we have a we have those teams coming up. Uh, that's really exciting to see those teams. I think the other thing that I, what I was wondering about is like, in terms of who who's coming into the league that we can look out for. I think a couple of big ones come to mind, and it goes to Leeds is Rodrigo. 
He's a striker from Valencia. Valencia had a fire sale. Valencia is in Spain. He's interesting. He's one of the long line of Brazilian-born Spanish internationals. I don't know how they do that, but somehow they take Brazilians and make them Spanish. So he's just a shit um, Diego Costa, basically. Yeah. I, well, I mean, no one is as evil as Diego Costa. Right, 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 right. What Somewhere a fucking legend. I love that guy. Uh, he, he's so needs to be on Millwall when he's like 35 <laughs> and, and fighting in the stands. That would be perfect. He would absolutely go in the stands like Eric Dyer, <laughs> which is another thing that happened last year. Like everything about Spurs was so topsy-turvy, upside down. You literally forgot about the part where a player missed – well, after losing a penalty shootout, ran into the stands <laughs> somebody. Okay? That got totally glossed over. That's how fucked up Tottenham season was left. <laughs> Um, another one is Kai Havertz from Bayer Leverkusen going to Chelsea. I don't, I've seen this guy. He's fun. And I think one of the things that happens sometimes with transfers is a player looks good because a system is devised to make that player look awesome. But I'm not sure. Uh, he's small. He plays a number 10, number 10 being a position that really doesn't exist in the Premier League that much anymore. Uh, it's a player who's in the spaces between the striker and the midfield. Uh, so I wonder how they're going to use him because they don't really play a 10 at Chelsea. Well, it, kind of, goes back to how, it goes back to how we, we talked about Chelsea. How are they going to use everybody? Because it wasn't just Havertz that they brought. Yeah, it, they brought a bunch of dudes. Yeah, we'll see right. how that goes. So, um, so I don't know. There's only so much of the pie to go around to everybody. Is, is a guy like Pulisic, Mason Mount, who is, who is Lampard's guy for years now, how years, much yeah. is he going to lose? So it's very interesting to me how they're going to spread the wealth over there. At yeah, it's, it's big boy problems, right? right? Right. Really good players, who's going to play? And then how do you – and one of the things I was going to say about Chelsea is one of the things that's about so great about soccer in general is that it's not zero-sum. Like, it's not American football where there's offense and defense. Your offense – your offensive players can make your defense better. There's no doubt about that. Right. If you have a really good team of good offensive players, maybe you just press all the time and rotate them and protect the defense. So they could play a way that hides the fact that their defense is bad. Basically, City's defense, which is terrible. Like any time someone goes forward for City and shoots on goal, it's a goal. Well, yeah, to your point, right? The, the best defense is, is a great offense. And even if that's kind of backwards on the idiom there, but like uh, if you have in soccer, if you have the ball, I don't have to play defense. Right. Multiple games last year where they had, what, more than 75% possession? Yes. 55% possession, 60%. That's a good game for you and your squad. So right, they, but, that, but, that, but that's, the, that's the argument against, against Mourinho, right? He had games where you guys had like 30% of the ball. We had games. In fact, the game against City last year, which I'm very excited, is chronicled deeply in the next episode of All or Nothing that I'm going to watch right after this. But – he had that game where, I mean, that, they actually, if I remember correctly, they had three missed VAR calls in the first half and then a red card in the second half. But until the red card happened, City was absolutely banging down Tottenham's door. It should Is have, that the 30-shot game? I believe so. The, the, with, with Laporte getting the fucking disallowed goal because his arm was on the ground? Yes, yes. I mean, that seems to be a theme anyway. But That's the, two- the fucking worst draw in the history of the salerno Cortines Cup. The El Dushico, as it were known for our listeners. Um, but yes, I, I'm very intrigued to, to see how Mourinho kind of manages 
to get more of the ball and continues to push forward because I do think he's trying to. How much of it was, does he have the right personnel? Does he have the healthy personnel? And, and is he really trying to play that style? I'm, like so, I said, I'm starting to drink the Kool-Aid, but it tastes a little rotten. So, I'm not- <laughs> so, so we're, on, we're on 46 minutes, Mike. It flies by. So let's, let's sort of pick three shit teams that are not the big six or two that you like, that you have like secret love for. I'll, I'll, I'll start. I'll start and take leads. Leads okay. I have secret deep love for. Who, okay. who, have you, who have you got? Wolves. It's not even close. I love, <laughs> I love watching them play. In fact, if I could do it all over again, I would be a Wolves fan because I don't <laughs> have expectations for them. I just love watching them play. Tottenham is like, I feel like I'm talking to my eventual children. They're just disappointing me so much. So if I could do it again, it's 100%. I'm a Wolves fan. Okay. Uh, my other one would be, uh, it, it's tough. It's tough to split hairs on this one. Uh, it, it has to be Sheffield, but it also could be Southampton. But I'm going with Sheffield United because I feel like Ralph Hadenhoodle is like the greatest giant coach that exists. And if he was coaching Tottenham, they'd be better. I don't care what you say. <laughs> they would be. No, they would be. You said, you said Southampton, right? Yeah. That guy's uh, a good Jim coach, Ward man. Pals. James Ward-Prowse is a wizard on a free kick. <laughs> so, so Sheffield's my other love team, along with with uh, with uh, with Leeds, and it'll be the two teams because I love uh, Yorkshire and I love places where they used to make steel and now they make nothing. Okay, and then let's finish it off with one team in the Premier League currently because I'm pretty sure it's the same one that you absolutely fucking can't stand the sight of. Oh, <laughs> well, I don't. It's not a shit team. It's United. I, I fuck. Oh uh, well, that doesn't count. No, no, no. But like shit. The the answer for both of us. The answer are, is West Brom. No, the answer I, is Burnley. Okay. Oh no, no, I love Burnley. Oh fuck you. I love them. That's absurd. Come on. Oh no, I mean yes, I know it's Burnley. It's a firmer. It's a previous version of Burnley that yes. had George Boyd. Right. Boy, you hate. would you would think by by listening to Laurent's definition of me, you would think Sean Dyche is my father, but he's he's just the face of disappointment and anger so many times when I have to watch them play Spurs and somehow not when they play other teams that I need them to, to take points off of. God, so, they're so, they're so, for me. so I, I, I just love bad football. I mean, I am so <laughs> in on football. We, 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 we're, we're way over on time, but I want to say this was fucking fun. Uh, I don't know. I, I guarantee you five people will listen. Um, but I think, you know, we'll, as we go along, we'll, we'll talk about other things. There's a lot of stuff that's cultural football that I yes. think Mike and I really agree on, which is like how cool it is that there's no salary cap. There's no nothing. There's nothing. Uh, how cool the women's league in England has been and how it's treated. It's not treated separately. It's just, it's Manchester United. Oh, and they have Manchester United women and they literally train in the same place. And it's the same thing. And we'll talk about that next time. But uh, Mike, do you have, do you have, have we worked on our, our sign-offs? I don't think we have one. We haven't. We have to do, do we have to do puns? Tomorrow than I do today. (laughs) Do we have to do puns? No, no. That's that's just James Horncastles. Uh, I'm going to go, have a good week, everybody. I'm going to go walk into the ocean.